And welcome to episode number seven of Hoops and Dingers. I'm your host, John Mastrangelo. Back again with Alex Green. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. Hope you guys enjoy. And Tyler Sumner, of course. What's going on, everybody? Good episode today, so stay tuned. All right, today, as Tyler mentioned, we do have a very good day for you folks. We're going to start in the NBA. We're going to talk player of the week, as we usually do. We'll talk predictions for game two of the Nuggets-Lakers. Then we'll take a brief intermission, and then we'll dive into the Heat-Celtic series, which has been absolutely riveting to watch as a viewer, especially if you're from the New England area. Then, quick transition, we'll go over to the second part of the podcast, which is MLB. We'll talk player of the week like we usually do. We'll discuss the rest of the four divisions. We'll mention the teams that have clinched playoff spots. And then we'll take another quick break, hop into Tyler's take, which this week, folks, will be, was LeBron James snubbed of the MVP award? Stay tuned for Alex and I's answers on that. And then we'll pop into underrated, overrated, or perfectly rated, and the player for this week is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Stay tuned to see what we all say for that. All right, let's hop right into it. Player of the week for this past week. I'm going to start with you, Tyler. Who do you have for your play of the week? All right. Now, as a Celtics fan, this hurts me to say this, but I got to give credit where credit due. Uh, my player of the week this week is coming from the Miami Heat, and it is none other than a person, actually, that has my name. Uh, Tyler Hero, of course. Um, in game one, folks, he actually almost had a triple-double coming off the bench. You know, this season right now, he's averaging almost 15 points per game. So, Tyler Hero, this kid can shoot lights out. And if the Celtics let him get hot, they're in trouble in games, you know. But it's going to be great to see what a kid like his caliber can do in the future. He only spent one year out of Kentucky. He was picked 13th last year. So, can't wait to see what he's going to do in the future. But for now, I don't like him. Yeah, not going to lie. When he was picked at 13, I was kind of, like, surprised. Like, I was like... Who's this, but it's turned out to be a really good pick for the Heat. I'll bump it over to Alex. Alex, uh, for this past week, who was the player that caught your eye? Uh, my player of the week is coming from the uh, Western Conference final series uh, that just started the other day, and it's going to be uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, in game one, he had 37 points and 10 rebounds, so he had a double-double. Um, he was a big part of the Lakers winning that game in a blowout fashion over the Nuggets. Uh, so that series just starting up will be interesting to see which way that goes. But yeah, uh, Anthony Davis has been playing very well in Los Angeles, uh, especially in these playoffs. And he's been one of the main reasons the Lakers have gone so far in the playoffs, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, Anthony Davis has really been uh, kind of like a difference maker uh, just with these Lakers here in their playoff push. Uh, my player of the week is going to be from the same series, but I'm mainly focusing on his performance in his first two games of the week, and that was against the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm going with Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray averaged 27.3 points per game. He didn't have that many assists or rebounds. He had he had five assists, averaged five assists, averaged three three rebounds. But what really stood out to me was he shot 60% from the field. 60% wow. from the field and, and 50% from three. That, to me, really stood out. Um, and he also, he helped 
lead the Nuggets back from down, and that's that was great. Um, looking forward to see what these Nuggets can do against the Lakers. Um, I'm personally pulling for them. Uh, I don't. I don't think it'll happen. But I uh, don't want to get into that too much. But hey, uh, John, do you mind if I ask Alex a question here? Uh, go ahead. I'm afraid I might have to. I'll let this happen. <laughs> so, Alex, last week you came at me for what I said about the Bucks. Well, we while John was talking about the Nuggets and Clippers, um, you mind telling me what the heck happened with Kawhi Leonard? I mean, according to Max Kellerman, this guy's supposed to be more clutch than Kobe Bryant. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, mainly what I think happened by uh, the score of the game is the clip, the Clippers just didn't show up. I don't know what it was. Uh, the Clippers were my pick personally to go to the NBA finals and come out of the Western conference just because of how deep of a roster they had. But, you know, you got to give credit to the Nuggets and Jamal Murray and, you know, Nicole Jokic, especially uh, they balled out and it, they just, they just outperformed the Clippers. Uh, I think Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and the whole Nuggets team wanted it more is what it came down to. All right. Now, John, I got one question for you while we were talking about the Clippers real quick. Um, where do you think they go from here? Do you think Paul George is going to get traded? Do you think Kawhi could leave, opt out of his contract maybe, go back to Toronto like maybe he said in an interview of some sort? I don't think so. I think I, – I don't know. I think that – I think it was just basically – their team was very good. Obviously, they um, made it all a little bit. Of, they almost made it to the uh, WCF, but I think I don't think anything will happen. I think that those two will stay. They made all that big moves um, to get them to LA. Kawhi signed the contract. They Clippers traded away their entire future for Paul George, um, and to just kind of throw it away after one year being a wash, I, I would really doubt that. I doubt the Paul George trade. I'm, I can't speak on the Kawhi opting out. Um, I, I wouldn't if I were him. It just doesn't seem like it. Like you're in L.A., you have your big market that you wanted. Um, so, but to, to defend Alex here, Alex picked Kawhi Leonard for his player of the week for the past week. They, they choked. They choked later. So I had, I had, all right. So now that we're, now that we're talking Nuggets, let's bump into Nuggets Lakers game two. Uh, prediction. John, why don't you start with this one? Okay. 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 I will. I will. I'll start with this one. All right. Lakers coming off a, a big win. And that's, that's kind of an understatement. Um, it was a 12-point win. Um, so, I think I think it'll continue to be the same. I think that the Lakers will win again. And I know it's crazy to be going against the Nuggets, but, um, hey, once they get down 3 or th- 3-1 or 3-0, then they'll start putting it together, and then it'll make me question my decision. But for the first couple games, they'll, they'll lose. <laughs> I think, but in all seriousness, uh, the game is today, tonight at 7.30. We're recording this on September 20th. So the game is tonight at 7.30. So my pick is the Lakers. And I think a score will be 
120 to 110. Okay. All right. Uh, Alex, how about you? Yeah, I was just going to say that I would go next. But, uh, you know, the Nuggets have had they've, – they've gone down a lot in, this, in these playoffs, the Nuggets have. Um, and whenever they've gone down, they've always fought back. Uh, even though this is a different time and they were, they've been down 3-1 and fought back, I think they bounced back in game two tonight. So I think the Nuggets will win 110-103 to tonight just because I think when they're down, the Nuggets know they have to win. And I think tonight is one of those nights. I think the Nuggets know that if they lose tonight, the series is possibly over for them. I mean, while they've been resilient, I just think tonight they'll come in with the mindset that, you know, game one, it was it was kind of a blowout, but, you know, we were right there. You know, it wasn't too much of a blowout. And, you know, they'll have the mindset that we can win this game and we can win this series. So I think they'll win tonight 110 to 103, the Nuggets, is my prediction. Okay, so kind of a lower scoring game. Yeah. Uh, but definitely close. All right, and we'll finish it off here with Tyler before we – Head into Celtics heat. So, Tyler, what is your prediction for this game? Let me tell you my prediction for this game. So, Alex, I'd love to agree with you, but I I just can't because you look at this Lakers team all around and how they're built around LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, this team has so much power behind it. It's crazy. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I, Tyler – I don't want to stop you, but but I have to, because we're we're on a we're on a meeting here. We're on a meeting here, and Alex Alex was making some Alex was making some faces when you were saying when you were saying that they have a strong team built around AD and LeBron. So I'll let you finish, but I I do want to hear what Alex has to say. So finish your prediction, and then I want to okay. I want to dive into this. So. Dwight Howard, he's been playing better. You know, he had a great game one as terms of um, physical caliber power, I guess we could say. Um, another thing is, too, they just have playoff LeBron. I mean, can you bet against playoff LeBron? You mean playoff LeBron who scored 15 points in game one? Oh, crap. I didn't even... Who almost got outscored by Dwight Howard? But here's the thing, though. The Nuggets Nuggets don't have as much star power. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for that moment where I mention the name. Oh. His name is his last. The Denver Nuggets must play him in game two if they want to win. He must lock up Anthony Davis. I'm talking about none other than Bull Bull. Yeah, he dropped two points in game. <laughs> it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. He's getting there. Hey, he was 13 points away from playoff LeBron, Tyler. 13 points away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's crazy. Bull, bull, 13 points away from playoff LeBron. I believe <laughs> right, if the Tyler. Nuggets play bull, bull, that they have a chance. Well, right, I'm right. just kidding there. You know, bull, bull has become the meme of our podcast. So I'm going to say Lakers win game two. Score? 120-110. Okay. All right. And Alex, Alex, I do want to go I do want to go back to oh boy. what you were saying. I'm gonna get my head um, chewed off again because I've been his head off about <laughs> Kawhi. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Alex, tell me what you gotta say. I'm interested. Yeah, uh, you said that the Lakers have a deep team around 
Anthony Davis and LeBron. And I just don't see it. Uh, they have, I mean, you look at who they have starting beside him. They have Rajon Rondo. They have Dwight Howard, Alex Caruso, J.R. Smith. Dwight's not bad. Hey. Don't come after no, no, like no, 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 no. The These guys aren't bad. But when you look at who the Nuggets have, they have guys like Monte Morris, Jeremy Grant, you know, all these guys that are decent role players off the bench. And the Lakers just don't have as many of those guys. Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr., another one. Thank you, John. Yeah. So yeah. when you talk about the Lakers being a deep team uh, compared to the Nuggets, it's just insanity to me. The game. I'm looking. I'm looking at the game one stats here. Like, I haven't pulled up right here. Anthony Davis dropped 37. No other Laker dropped over 20. The next closest was KCP with 18. Then LeBron with 15. Contavious Caldwell Pope scored more than playoff LeBron. Tyler. Yeah. Is playoff LeBron going to become the new playoff Paul? But you're looking on the Nuggets side. There was only two people over 20. Can I guess? Can I guess? Oh, my bad. Bold prediction. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Whoa, crazy. It's like I said it or something. (laughs) Then you got you had 14 from Porter Jr. But it's it's whether you want one person over 30 or two over 20. Um the the Nuggets obviously lost. The 30 obviously outbeat the two 20s. Um but it's gonna be an interesting series, no doubt. All right, when we get back, we're going to dive right into the interesting series that is Celtics Heat. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Hoops and Dingers. I'm back. John Strangelo, Alex Green, Tyler Sumner. You know the crew. We just talked NBA playoff predictions for game two of the Nuggets-Lakers series, and we talked a little bit about Player of the Week. Go check that out if you haven't seen it. And now we're going to talk about Celtics Heat. Uh, And if you guys have probably noticed, if you've been listening to our podcast, we are all Celtics fans. So, really interesting and definitely not biased at all. (laughs) Um, So, we're going to start with maybe the least biased fan here. And, Tyler, I'm going to let you just go ahead and just... Just talk. Oh boy! Oh boy! You, yes, I've been waiting for this. I know you have Saturday, a I went on a tangent. I know. I know you have a lot to say about it. Alex and I will cut in and chip in at maybe at the end or during, depending how long it goes. But I know you got a lot to say about this. So, folks, prepare. I'm saying this right now. Boston, stop blowing twenty plus point leads. You're like the Atlanta Falcons out here. Number two. Okay. Tatum, shoot better. Jalen, shoot better. Kemba, play better. Please. I'm begging you. I want to see a championship in Boston. Okay. Marcus Smart is literally the best freaking player on this team right now. He's the leader. All I got to say is if Kyrie had the chemistry that Kemba does with this team, we already would have had championship, maybe even two. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. That's yeah. like Kyrie's way more talented than Kemba. No offense, Kemba Kemba's great. I could never do what either of them do, 
Kyrie is definitely way better. <laughs> sure. I mean, I, I could back in the day when I was like a toddler hoop on a little Fisher Price basketball hoop. You know, I was saucing and playing. <laughs> yeah, basketball you were like full hole out there. We all were, bro. Yeah. We all were. Yeah. We all were, bro. On the Fisher Price. Another thing I want to say is another thing I want to say about the series is Celtics have to come out and play the way they played in game three. They have to play that way like they did in game three and game four. I think with Hayward coming back, it's a huge momentum booster. Defensively, he played great. He put in solid 30 minutes. He had a couple of steals. But there's a button here, okay? Stop fouling out. Tice? I want to stop going on a rant here because I need to cool off. So I'm going to send it to one of the most chill people on this podcast. I'm going to send it over to John Mastrangelo. Okay, what's up, everybody? I'm back. All right. Um, so, John, I- let me just ask you a question right off the bat here about this. Shoot. What the hell are Celtics doing? Okay, honestly, I've watched, I've watched all three games of the series, and I'm not sure. Um, I want to cry, man. Um, it's, it's definitely not what you want to see as a Boston fan, um, for sure. Definitely not. But – you can look at it like this. Both of your losses came at under six points, and your only win came at above ten. So when you when you lose, you're losing close. When you win, you're winning big, or like bigger than the other things. Not big, but um, not not game five of Toronto series where they won by twenty two. Um, but if you're looking at if you're looking at the young players, you're looking at Jalen Brown who shot 42% from the field game one, 57 game two, uh, 64 game three. Like, he's he's shooting decently. Not Game one, I guess you could say 42, or 43 if you round up, 42-9, uh, isn't, isn't great. But even from three, 750 and then uh, 50%. He only shot four and two, though, in the last two games. Um, but Jalen Brown, for the last... Mm, Maybe three minutes of the first half, he was going on a defensive rampage. Um, he was making defensive plays. He was making steals. He was looking honestly really good for the Celtics. Um, I, if you're Boston though, right now you just like you said, you have to go out with that same energy that you had in Game Three. You have to act. You have most to, definitely. You have to act like you want to be there because you should want to be there. Because honestly, if we're being honest, like honest. They didn't look like they wanted to be there games one and two. They looked, all right, we already got this. We already oh, got course. this. All right, cool. We don't even have to try to put them away. No, they're Miami. They're a good team. You can't just say, oh, it's okay. You have to continue to play your game, your style. They almost did this with Toronto, too. Except it was reverse. Except it was yeah. reverse. They went up 2-0, and then they were tied up at 2-2, and then the series went up going 7. So you have to – Keep the foot on the gas if you're Boston. You got to keep come up with the energy that you had in Game Three for Game Four. You get some more rest for Hayward, which is great. Um, even though he didn't drop many points, he was just good as a threat factor, taking maybe a little bit off, and he played well, honestly. Um, but you know, I want to let Alex talk here, and I'm gonna let him talk. But after Alex is done, I want to say a few more things, if you right. will, about All right, this. Guys, you here first, so we're gonna we're gonna swing it over to Alex quick. Quick bounce pass to Alex, but then Tyler's going to come in with the slam after. All right, Alex, 
So I'll ask you a question here. Um, if you're Boston in game four, just coming off an 11 point victory in game three. So like, obviously we kind of, we kind of reiterated some similar stuff. You got to come up with the same energy. Who do you look for to lead this team? Because this team honestly is wide open for leadership. So who do you look to? It's, it's a tough choice between uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've both been playing really well this season. Uh, and they they mentioned something game three on the ESPN broadcast. Uh, I believe it was Mike Breen brought it up that he had talked, spoke to Mike Gorman, who was the Celtics play by play announcer. If you are not, not, we're not aware of that, but Mike Gorman mentioned that he thought that while Jason Tatum has been playing well and has gotten much of the attention, Jalen Brown has been playing well, but it hasn't been talked about as much as Jason Tatum has. And, uh, I think it comes – I think you can – I don't – it's hard to pick just one leader because the Celtics have yeah, – really. the, the, the Celtics are – the whole starting lineup is, you know, Kemba, Gordon, Hayward, uh, Smart, Brown, Tatum. All of those guys can score the ball. Um, I mean, Nick Smart is not really, the, you know, the greatest shooter or the greatest scorer. But, you know, Kemba, Hayward, Brown, and Tatum. Those four guys can all score. And if you focus your attention on just one of those guys, one of those other guys is going to hurt you. So, you know, while you, ha- while you want me to pick just one leader, I really just, I really can't. I mean, I guess it would be Tatum. Uh, you know, this is a contract year for him. He, he's contract does expire. So he is going to be a free agent in the off season, but I mean, it, I think it relies on the whole team. I think the whole team just has to play like they play like, the same point. I'm going to say the same point, but they have to come out with the same energy and play the way they played in game three. Game three, they looked really well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've got to give credit to the Heat. We've talked a lot about the Celtics, but, you know, they, this is what the Heat do. You know, the Heat are, you know, they come yeah. back. You know, their style of game really allows them to come back. If they're hitting their threes, they can come back easily. And that's what they've done the first two games. So you really got to get a credit to the Heat. Um, Eric Spolstra is really a really good coach, uh, not to be overlooked. Uh, and this is going to – I'm excited to see where this series goes. Uh, Tyler, back to you. You wanted to add some more points? All right. Oh, so you were talking about leadership there. Yes, I was. Play-wise, it's hard to pick a leader. But vocally, I already got a leader. Marcus yeah. Smart. Hands down. Yeah. I think, to be honest with you, if you guys didn't know, Brad Stevens met with Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown, as well as Marcus Smart at 1 a.m. One in the morning. Okay. And whatever Brad said may have worked in game three, but I think it's what less of what Brad Stevens said and more of what Marcus Smart was saying in that locker room confrontation with Jalen Brown. Yeah, Jalen Brown came out game you know, three, and I mean, whatever Smart said to Brown, it worked. Because Jalen Brown came out game three, guns guns blazing. Right, and I think yeah. as as long as you keep this fire lit, this Celtics team is going to come back. I am confident. You know what? I'm going to knock on wood right now. So, there you go. I just knocked on wood for all those Boston fans, and I just think overall this series is going to be a dogfight and come down to who wants it more. Obviously, we know the Celtics do want this, 
But in games one and two, they look like they really don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? And, John, you mentioned how – or, Alex, one of you guys mentioned how this is a contract year for Tatum. Yeah, that was Alex. So, if they lose this series, hopefully they don't, knock on wood, does Tatum – No. Look for someone no. he can no, go to be built also- around. Tatum's a restricted free agent. Um, if he'll get his, he'll get paid. He'll get paid. I don't think if this if so, if a team offers more than the Celtics are gonna uh, the Celtics initial offer, they'll match it. The Celtics will match whatever offer is thrown at Tatum. They will not let him leave. They're, Tatum is the future of this team. One of the pieces yeah. of the future, I should say, because you know Brown as well. But you know, yeah. Right, I don't and think I just want to say another thing, too, is that for me, I look at two big things the Celtics got to do. Because I've been noticing in games one, two, and even a little bit in game three, they lock up Tyler Hero, but they don't play much defense on Duncan Robinson. You got to play more defense on Duncan Robinson. And if I'm Brad Stevens, I'm putting Marcus Smart on him all game. Hands down. Because... Even though Marcus Smart isn't that tall, he's like a pit bull on defense. He's aggressive, and that's what you need in this team. This team has to be more aggressive than Miami, and this team has to be more passionate than Miami. They have to want this more than anybody. So, John, I'm going to ask you, game four, who you got? You know, it's hard because, you know, game one and two, we saw it went Miami's way. Game three went Celtics' way. But before I get into my prediction, I do want to make a connection to what Marcus Smart said. I'm pretty sure you asked Brown, like, why did he take that shot? Um, correct me if I'm wrong here. Was that was that it, Tyler? Yes. Okay. He said that, but he also said some things we cannot say on Hoops and Dingers. <laughs> well, yes, yes, yes. But the the premise was why why did you take that shot? Um. That, that does just remind me of a uh, game, I believe it was 2018 against the Magic. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure Tatum took a shot, and I'm pretty sure some guy who we called for chemistry issues yelled at him. Why? I think it was Hayward. Shot? I remember that game. It was Hayward. I think it was Hayward. And, and Kyrie, Kyrie yelled at, um, I think it was Hayward, or maybe, I'm not sure, but Kyrie yelled at him, why'd you take that shot? And I'm not, I'm not defending Kyrie and saying that, oh, Kyrie wasn't the problem in Boston. I'm just saying, and this is just a, this is just a question. It's, I'm not saying that Kyrie wasn't the issue. But do you think that he wasn't the only issue? Because hear me out, hear me out. There's a lot of young guys, big egos, all going to get paid. Tatum and Brown both could be stars on other teams, but they're playing together, young, kind of, they're experienced for sure, but they don't. The Celtics don't really have that veteran presence that they did when they had, like, let's say Horford. Mm. Um, um, like everyone's kind of been in. Like, who's the oldest player? Maybe like Smart. Smart. Well, Smart's our longest well, player well, there. The oldest is yeah, Wanamaker, I'd say. But yeah, yeah, so it's Brad Wanamaker. It's not. He's not like he has much. He's experienced in the league in life, but not really much in the playoffs. So this is just kind of a discussion, a quick discussion question. I'm not not defending Kyrie. I think Kyrie was bad. Kemba Walker's definitely much better for the 
mentality. But do you think that Kemba or Kyrie was the only problem in Boston? Because we still have You know, John, I'll, I'll, I'll answer your question here. Um, and I'm going to make a connection to this. You know, we saw this in game – well, we saw this with the Warriors team back with Durant, Curry, Draymond, and Clay. You know, too many egos. And you look at someone – Tatum has a whole different ego than Kyrie. And Kyrie's ego has gotten so much to him that he's not the same ball player he was with LeBron. You know, I don't think he really has that leader on a team anymore without LeBron. You know, Kevin Durant, yes, but they haven't played a game together yet. So Kyrie, I feel he gets in his head too much. He gets over his head, you know. I mean, every team has problems. Every team has ego problems. But I'm going to say Kyrie was the main problem on that team. Oh, yeah, he was the main problem, but do you think he was the only problem? No. I think a lot. Uh, another big problem is, now that I think about it, Terry Rozier. His attitude is horrible. He, he's gone. Towards other people. fights, though. About, about losing. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not trying, about I'm not trying to say that. I'm not trying to say that. Like the Celtics are like they're toxic and everything. But I'm just saying, do you think that the only thing in there was Kyrie? Because that's all we heard about. <sighs> but yeah, Kyrie's gone. Rozier's gone. It's just Brown, Tatum, and Smart, and T- they're still kind of having some scuffles. Go ahead, Alex. Um, again, I'm going back to the ESPN broadcast. Uh, in the pregame, um, st- you know the uh, commentators were talking about the incident in the locker room. And I believe it was Stan Van Gundy who was on that game with uh, Mike Breen and Mark Davis. That was yeah. that was the crew. Yeah, was. And Stan Van Gundy, I think, said something interesting. I think he said that you know there's off the court chemistry and then there's on the court chemistry. So mm-hmm. and he what he said was, you know, you can get you can you know, if you get along bad outside of the court, I mean, off the court, like, you don't hang out, you don't talk to each other, you you hate each other off the court, that doesn't matter as long as you put those differences aside on the court and are able to come together as a team on the court. So, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's on the court issues for the Celtics. I think it's maybe off the court issues for the Celtics is what it is. Yeah. that That's good answers there. Um, And honestly, maybe it was just Marcus Smart trying to light a fire. We've seen it before in sports. Um, You've seen it the Red Sox in the World Series, Chris Sale yelling at everyone in the dugout against the Dodgers. You, you've seen it before. You've seen teams, players trying to hype up a team. But just a discussion question, kind of get people thinking. All right, so. You know, now let me ask. I want to ask a question here. I want to maybe give a rebuttal. Do you think that this team is going to function more as a unit now with yes. Hayward back? Yes, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I just feel like. Is it the stash? No, that it's just has? his presence. Oh, Does he that. give that the wisdom? Cheating. It's just his presence. <laughs> it is. I just feel like Gordon Hayward has a very calming presence. He just seems he's not a diva. He's not a I need to get this. Like he's not gonna force up shots that are definitely not gonna get hit. Sometimes he will because all basketball players do. Like, everyone does. You have to at least force up a shot a couple of times. You think it's going to go in. It just doesn't. But he's not going to do it as much as other people in the team. He won't take all of his shots. He'll be more of a team player. He's got a calming presence, I feel like. Yeah. All right, so now onto the prediction side of this. Um, game four. Right. Game four. Tyler, 
Go See, ahead. All right. So we know the series was a dogfight. Mm-hmm. Celtics looked horrible in the first two games. Heat looked horrible last game. Game four. I've noticed a pattern with the Celtics, though. They don't like to win at home when they're the home team. Is anyone really home? Yeah, no one's really home. <laughs> well, well, there, there has to be a home and away team. No, I, I get so what you mean. As the home team, you, you, if you notice in Toronto, they didn't win a single game as the home team. Mm. You know? So, yeah. Game four, Miami's home. I'm going to say Celtics win again. Just, just I think based on- the Celtics can't lose another game or it's over for them. Okay. So, Marcus Smart lit that fire in them, I feel like. And I'm going to say Celtics win. Celtics are going to win. Now, you might be asking what my score is. Yeah, that's usually the follow-up. God bless me for the hate I'm going to get on this. 105-104. 105-104. Okay, very low-scoring game. Um, because this series is coming down to who wants it more. Okay. Um, John, your turn. I want to hear what you got. Okay. Um, you know, like it's hard because, like, as like I love, I love the Celtics. Okay, like they're great. We don't we all, John? Yeah, we all do. And I, I bet a lot of a good chunk of you listening do too. Um. The only thing is, like, I don't know. It's hard because there, no doubt, it's just a great series, and it's going to be a great series. Um, and it's really hard to pick against the Celtics, just based off their game three win. So I'm not going to. I'm going to go Celtics take the victory. Uh, Tyler is very happy at that. Um, he's. This is what this, we need. That's, that's, Stop betting against us, bro. Yeah, yeah. Because of this, because of my prediction, guys, the Celtics are going to go on to win the game. No, I'm saying everybody's doubting us now because we went down 2-0. Yeah, so. Stop doubting us. Yeah, you guys hear that? Everyone out there from the Hoops and Dingers podcast, Tyler Sumner says, stop doubting us. Um, <laughs> But I think that it'll be... Celtics, and it's going to be a score of 117 Celtics, 114 Heat. Um, there's going to be another great game from Goran Dragic. He had an off game three, but I think he's going to bounce back, score above 20 again. He scored 29 game one, 25 game two. Um, but it's going to be not enough. Um, I feel like the Celtics will just get back to their groove. But hey, this Miami team's great. They uh, swept the Pacers and they beat the Bucks in five. So very well could go the other way. Alex, Alex, close us out here. Um, a noticing point about your score. That was actually the score of Game One when the Celtics lost in overtime, one seventeen, one fourteen. Oh, that is true. So, okay, uh, I'm okay. gonna go with the Celtics as well. I know you guys are gonna say, "Oh, they're biased." They're also Celtics fans. No. Um, yeah, I think I think Marcus Smart lit a fire on the. Specifically, Jalen Brown, but you know the whole team's behind. They he 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 got him. I think realizing that hey, you know maybe we were not taking this thing too seriously. Game one and game two, and game three they came out. Jalen Brown especially came out guns blazing. Like I said, but 
I'm going to go with the Celtics. I'm say the Celtics will win 110 to 106. Uh, fun fact, the Heat has scored 106 points in both Game 3 and Game 2, the last two games of the series. The Heat have scored 106 points in both games. That's pretty darn cool, actually. You um, know what? I'm actually going to change my score. Go ahead, Tyler. I'm going to say 110-105. Wow. Very original, Tyler. Very original. Two, two, so the same, hey, no the same as that. mine, but two points off the heat score. Nice. <laughs> you didn't I, know. I Wait. said 110, 106 Celtics. All right, I'll rechange. 120, 115. Okay, whoa, big jump. All right. Um, all right, folks, that was us talking Celtics heat. We really wanted to dedicate a segment to that because we all love the Celtics. Um, but we will try in the future to be uh, less so selective. Um, Game four, we, baby. Let's get it. When we come back, we will. We want the smoke. We will hop into the MLB. Uh, be right back. And welcome back to Hoops and Dingers. I'm Jonah Strangelo, back with Alex Green, Tyler Sumner. We just did a absolutely, if I might say, a great segment on the Celtics Heat. Um, so if you want to check that out, just go back. It was uh, actually a really good listen. But now we're going to hop into the MLB and talk to Player of the Week. We're going to do some predictions. We can talk briefly about a couple of divisions, talk about some of the playoff teams, just mention them. Uh, so let's get right into it. Right at the crack of the bat. I'll start with Alex. Alex, you want to start with your play of the week? Yeah, I'll start with mine. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Uh, outfielder was on the Angels to start the season. Got traded to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Cole Calhoun. Uh, last seven days, he's batting four fifty eight with six home runs, 12 RBIs, and a twelve fifty <laughs> slugging percentage. That's, that, that's just insane. No, uh, yeah. For seven days, those are insane numbers. He pretty much... Had at least had a homer a day. He averaged a homer a day pretty much. Yeah, six and seven. That's pretty darn good. And then the twelve RBIs are really good too. Yeah, that's that's a really good um week for. And that's honestly that's from him. That's impressive. He's not much of a power guy. Uh, so that, that's really impressive. Yep. I'm gonna bump it quickly over to Tyler here. Tyler. All right. Ooh. I've actually. My play of the week, I've had the pleasure of actually seeing play in person. He's a phenomenal player. He's a great, great catcher. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about none other than Salvador Perez. Now, we don't talk about catchers too much, I feel like, on this show. So, I wanted to bring some versatility to the group. We don't talk about what? baseball much on this show. <laughs> no, I mean, you're of not our episodes wrong. is basketball. <laughs> even though our name is Hoops and Dingers, but... You're not wrong. Uh, last seven games, he's got 15 hits, four home runs, 12 RBIs, one uh, walk, seven strikeouts. He, so last seven games, he's batting 500. Percentage over the last seven games. What'd you say Cole Calhoun's was again, Alex? Uh, 458. So Salvador's is higher. Salvador Perez's slugging percentage is 1.033. That's over the last seven games. So 
Ladies and gentlemen, that's enough for me about Salvador Perez. Johnny Boy, who you got? All right, all right, I'll, I'll pick it up right here. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like uh, complete games are such a rarity in today's MLB. A lot of high-scoring offenses. You don't really see uh, many shutouts. But Kyle Gibson from the Texas Rangers, he only had, he only had one start this week. Uh, but in his start, he went nine innings, only allowing four hits and striking out nine. He uh, only allowed seven people on base total. Four hits along with three walks, uh, but nine strikeouts in nine innings. That's a strikeout an inning. Complete game shutout for Kyle Gibson and the Texas Rangers. That's great. His whip, his whip was zero point seven eight, and the opponent's average was one thirty eight. So it's only one start, but a complete game shutout in today's MLB is definitely a, a great thing to see. Um, and I do also want to just give a quick shout out to Tanner Hoke. Hoke. Uh, from the Boston Red Sox. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but he went 2-0 uh, over the past week, pitching 11 innings, only allowing up three hits, uh, striking out 11. He did have six walks, but his opponent average in the 11 innings that he pitched was 0. .091. So One of those games against the Yankees. So. Yeah, games against the Yankees. So and they actually was today at Fenway. Yeah. So Tanner might be a big piece in the Red Sox future. Um, so now we're going to – do some John, predi- before uh, we get into predictions and stuff, you were mentioning shout-outs. Um, I just want to give a huge shout-out and prayers up for Justin Verlander as he has to go into Tommy John surgery. He's, I don't know if you guys read that. Yeah, I did. But, uh, I did he's, not, he's not going to be back next year, sadly. If there even is a season next year, we got to wait for that. I feel like there would be. But, if, uh, we were able to, if, we were, if they were able to do seasons in the height of the coronavirus, I feel like they'll be able to have a season next year. Yeah, so, but anyway, guys, prayers up to Verlander. Yeah, I have a feeling that his career might, might, might be done. He's already nearing that age. Got a ring, and Tommy John is definitely hard to come back from, especially when you are older. Um, so we'll quickly pop over to predictions. Um, for tomorrow's games, that'll be Monday, September twenty first, and the first one we'll talk about will be the nightcap if you will, 9.45 p.m., Rockies-Giants. Uh, who do you have, Alex? Uh, just a little note, the pitching matchup is Herman Marquez for the Rockies. Hasn't having a, hasn't been having a good year. He's 2-6 and six with a poor, a 4.33 ERA going up against Johnny Cueto for the Giants, who has a 2-1 record, but his ERA isn't that great. It's a 4.78. Uh, uh, this is a tough one. Uh, you look at the NL West standings, which we'll get into a little bit later on, but uh, the Giants are in third right now, half game back in the wild card. The Rockies are fourth in the NL West, three and a half games back of the wild card. I'm gonna go with the Giants. Uh, I think they'll be playing with a lot of heart and a lot of passion since this is like the last week of the season, and they only a half game back of the wild card, so they're right in striking distance of making the playoffs. Uh, they're going up against Ramon Marquez, who has not had a good season, and the Giants are a home team. I know it doesn't really matter now with no fans there, but just you know, being able to bat in the bottom of the ninth to the top of the ninth could is the can be a big factor. So I'm gonna get, go with the Giants. And I'm gonna say, uh, I'll say seven three. Okay, all right. Uh, Tyler, I'll shoot it over to you. Uh, 
All right. You already know how I feel yeah, about the rankings. Uh, in, case, in case people have missed, in case you are new to this, on the very first episode of Hoops and, Hoops and Dingers, Tyler Sumner has said some very uh, odd odd things, which I which I thought was beautiful. Uh, he said that the Rockies have a real shot at winning the World Series this year. You yes. had to bring that to up. Viewers, to viewers, yeah. also Alex and I could get a little laugh. That's for the clout. Uh, Tyler, I'll let, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. Gonna win this game, but I'm gonna tell you why. I think they're gonna play their hearts out for California because of what's going on out there right now. Um, once again, prayers out to them as well in California. Very sad situation over there. But screw the Rockies. Um, Giants win six to eight. I mean eight to six. Okay, okay. So the Rockies, Rockies scoring some runs in there. Uh, I'm gonna go the Giants again. Um. Tyler is really happy about that pick. Um, Screw the Rockies. It's not as much about that. I just think the Giants are a better team. I actually uh, actually kind of like the Rockies. Um, love Nolan Arenado and what they do. But this is about them. This isn't about them. This is about the game. Uh, Giants, 25 and 26. Uh, they want to get to 500. They want to get into the playoffs. Uh, they have more to work for. I feel like they'll put their, put their pride into it. Um. Pitching matchup isn't great either way. Marquez, Cueto, both kind of eh. Um, but I feel like the Giants will get the upper hand with not really a better lineup, but hey, they're looking better than the Rockies right now. Um, I go Giants. Uh, Giants 6-2. Giants 6-2. All right, all right. Mr. Green, would you please tell us the next game that we are predicting? Uh, I'll let for? John do that since he's the host, and that it's it's his thing to introduce. Okay, pardon me for that, Mr. Mastrangelo. If you will, please give us our next prediction game. All right, Tyler. Since you're so enthusiastic, about it, I'll let you go first too. All right, I bet our second game will be the Brewers versus the Reds. It'll be tomorrow at 6.40. Alex, do you have the pitching matchup? Oh, case closed. Yes, I do. Brewers, Brewers, Brewers win 15-10. Case closed. Wow. Alex, your pick. Okay, the, no, the, we're going to go back to that because we didn't even hear the pitching matchup. So, Alex, go ahead and do the pitching matchup, and then we'll go back to Tyler. Um, it's two guys who have been having okay seasons. Uh, the records aren't the best. It's Brandon Woodworth going up against uh, going up for the Brewers, doing four with a 3.45 ERA. Going up against uh, Luis Castillo for the Reds, who is three and five with a three point zero three ERA. So, you know, not Ooh. not the best records, but you know, decent ERAs. You know, sub ERAs four, are, ERAs sub four ERAs. ERAs. So, uh, again, another huge game for the standings. Uh, both of these teams are battling for the wild card spots in the NL, uh, as they're both as the Reds are third and the uh, Brewers are fourth. So they're separated by only a game. They're both five hundred, but. The Reds are 27-27, Brewers 26-26. A huge game in a huge series. Tyler, your prediction now. All right. All right. My apologies, folks, for that. Um, it's just that we're talking about the Reds. Hey, like, the Reds are a decent team. The Reds are a decent team, bro. Don't, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh. It's Milwaukee. I'm taking the Brewers. They're going to win. They're going to go... 10-9. High-scoring game. 10-9. Wow. 
Christian Yelich is hitting two bombs. You say that a lot, Tyler. You say that the player's going to hit two bombs. I'm a big guy. I like big games. All right. Um, I'm going to take it from here. All right, so the Reds are kind of on fire right now. Uh, sure, the Pirates are absolutely trash, but they swept the Pirates and then took two out of three from the Chicago White Sox, who recently... John, you said the Pirates are trash here. Can I just ask you a question? Yeah. Like, kind of a metaphorical question. When were the Pirates ever good? Uh, like, 2015. I'm pretty sure they made the playoffs. Uh, they at least made it. Um, not... It's 2020, five years ago. Yeah, they're definitely in the middle of a rebuild for sure. They're the, I think they have the worst record in the MLB. Um, but to get no, there's no way. No, they are you forgetting about the Boston Red Boston Sox? Red Sox are twenty and thirty-four. The Pirates are fifteen and thirty-eight. So, uh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Disregard my comment. Um, there. and they took two out of three from the Chicago White Sox. So the Reds are kind of on fire. Um, the Reds uh scored. They scored. Uh, seven runs in two games. Yeah, they got shut out in one game, but uh, and the pitching for the Reds has been, honestly been really surprising, at least from Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer has been completely dominant this year, up for maybe possibly a Cy Young. Um, but I have the Reds taking this one. Um, I think that the Reds, Luis Castillo, I, I absolutely like love. Um, and I have the Reds taking this one. It's a pretty good pitching matchup. Um, I got the Reds taking this five- Five three, um, the Reds' offense has been great, led by Nick Castellanos, um, you know Votto, Suarez, Mustakis, Winker. It's been a it's been a really good uh, year for them. Uh, Alex, shoot it over to you. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Reds as well. Uh, Luis Castillo has been uh, dominant in his last three starts. He is three and zero with a one point two three ERA. One of those being oh. a complete game. Uh, so yeah, like John, you said the Reds have been on fire lately, especially Luis Castillo. I'm going to go with the Reds. Uh, like you said, the Reds have a lot of weapons in their lineup. You know, uh, Nick Castellanos, Winker, Joey Votto even. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, I say the Reds will win 4-2. 4-2, okay. All right. Uh, and then. And Mr. Mastrangelo, if you would please give us our last game. Tyler's so excited about this MLV party. Oh my gosh, it's so great. All right. Because I want to get to Tyler's team. Oh, it's not even to discuss MLB. Baseball on the show. All right. Um, so. So, so, uh. Please. Game three. Okay. All right. Here we go. Um, we have. Marlins versus Braves. Braves sitting at 31 and 22 atop the NL East. Marlins 28 and 25, three games back. Um, Alex, do you have the pitching matchup for that? I do. Uh, you do. It's, it's not oh, a good it. one. It's not no. a good one. Oh, no. So do we even want to hear I, it? You probably don't, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyways, just for the listeners, uh, just for us to have a little bit more information. Yeah. Uh, going up for the Marlins is Trevor Rogers, who was. Uh, one and one with a, a year I, ERA of six, going up. <laughs> oh my god! Going up against uh, who Oscar, Inoa for the Braves. He has uh he has zero wins, zero losses, but he has an ERA of five point three zero. So zero wins, he's zero a rookie. Losses, he's a rookie. ERA of five point three. No decisions, probably. No decisions. Um. So not I've... a good pitching matchup at all. No. 
Yeah, you know what? Me and Alex have started with predictions. So, Johnny, give me your thoughts on Atlanta versus Miami. Okay, so uh, whatever I say, um, Tyler is going to reiterate. <laughs> so I'm going to say some crazy stuff. No, I'm just kidding, Tyler. All love my man. That is not true. <laughs> Order in the court. So I'm going to go with the, the Braves here. Um, all, both pitchers are kind of bad. Um, and kind of is very an, under, an understatement. Uh, but I think that the Braves are a better team. Marlins are, uh, we'll get into this later. I don't want to say too much about the NLEs. Uh, but I think that'll be the Braves taking this one. And it's going to be a very high-scoring game, at least from one side. Uh, Braves 9-5. Um, Braves need to win. They've been 6-4 been and four in the last 10, so the Marlins. But the Braves need to clinch that NL East and take it. Uh, Tyler, you have your hand raised. We're on a meeting. Yeah, Tyler, I'm guessing you want to not go next? Or do you want to go next? You want to go next. Okay. All right, Tyler, go ahead. So, we all know what happened with Miami and COVID. They suck, okay? They're sick, <laughs> you know? Gnarly over there in Miami. Um, COVID so, with Miami happened, like, way long. The ago. first week of the season. Yeah, I know. I know. I have to make a pun, though, about it. I'm against the Marlins. I don't know why. I just don't like them. I'm not a fish guy. Anyway, so... We all know the Braves. I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Braves actually have one of my top three favorite players in the league. I'm a big Ron of the Cunha guy. I like him. I like his power. Um, also, they have another guy, Ozzy. Ozzy, Ozzy's, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to say the Braves win this. It's going to be a slugfest, I feel like. I'm going to say Braves win... Eleven to seven. Okay, okay. All right, Alex, finish. And last but not least, I I don't know if he wants to go next. Judging by the books here, I feel like he just doesn't want to talk. But I'm gonna let him talk. Alex, talk. Uh, yeah, I'll keep it short. I'm gonna go with the Braves. Uh, the Braves lineup is better than the Marlins lineup. The Braves have Freddie Freeman, uh, Marcelo Zuna, uh, Arzi Albies, Ronald Acuna, like Tyler said. Um, the Braves have been playing really well this season, and I think the Braves will win nine to nine to five. All right, so you heard our so like a work shift nine to so five. Give yeah, nine to five. They're gonna, gonna give them work. Yeah, they're gonna punch. They're gonna clock in, and then they're gonna clock out. Yeah, um, I guess if you want to say that. All right, so. We will talk about the divisions. We already covered the AL East uh, two episodes ago, AL Central last episode. Uh, but just we're going to talk about the rest of the four today. Very quickly, briefly, surprise, disappointments. Uh, but quickly, we just want to mention the teams that have clinched the playoffs. The Rays from the AL East, the White Sox and Twins from the AL Central, and Athletics from the AL West. And in the National League, only the Dodgers from the NL West. Uh, so we'll... We all knew the Dodgers would. It's not like a surprise So we'll there. start in the AL um... West here. Athletics, number one, they clinched their playoff spot. They're 33 and 19. Astros, at number two, 27 and 26. Uh, Mariners, 23 and 29 at third and third. Angels, 23 and 31 and fourth. Rangers, 19 and 34 in dead last. Um, Alex, 
any I'm gonna go to you, you surprise teams. Any surprise teams out there? Um uh, I'm I'm surprised the Angels are fourth. Um the Angels made some moves in the offseason. One of them yep. was bringing in Anthony Rendon. Mm-hmm. Um they 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 improved, I thought, from last season. I thought they would this year, you know, they would maybe fight for a wild card spot, maybe possibly for the division, even second place. Um, but they've really they've been underperforming, I think, in my opinion. Uh well don't forget Rendon was hurt for a little that's while. That's true, he too. was. Um He was, but yeah. No, they had guys like Mike Trout, Shohei Otani. So the goat. Um, yeah, I'm kind of surprised the Angels are uh, fourth. Um, the Astros, I'm glad to see that they're kind of back to where we expect them to be after they got off to a bit of a slow start. Yeah, um, 27-26 is not ideal, I'm sure, for Astros fans, but I'm sure they'll take above 500 than yeah. below 500. Um, mm-hmm. But besides, I mean, I'm not surprised the Athletics aren't first. Uh, I thought the Athletics are a good team. Uh, I think they're becoming the new kings of the AL West over the Astros. I think for the next couple of years, it'll be the Athletics winning the AL West yeah. over the over the Astros. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point there, especially with the departure of Garrett Cole. Uh, they lost Verlander to um, injury, and they're going to lose him next year again. I am surprised at the Mariners being in third. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, Kyle Lewis has been dominating for the Mariners, uh, potential rookie of the year candidate. Um, so uh, he's outfielder for the Marlins, or Mariners, sorry, not Marlins. Um, but yeah, we're going to quickly bump over to the NL East. Um Got Braves sitting at the top, 31-22. Marlins, second, 28-25. Phillies, third, 27-26. Mets, 24-29. And Nationals, fifth, 20-32. Tyler, any disappointments in there? Yes. Yes. Yes, there is. Okay, tell us. World Series champs. This team went from being the World Series champions to dead Last. Hey, they're on their they're on their World Series hangover. <laughs> yep. My God. Another surprise to me is also the Phillies. I feel like the Phillies were gonna perform this year after like that mega contract they gave Harper last year. You know, um, Harper really hasn't been performing great this year. You know, he's one of those players that'll have an up and down season usually. Um, other than that, I'm really not surprised. I knew Atlanta was gonna be a strong team this year. And I'm I am surprised that the Mariners or Marlins, excuse me, of all teams are in second. Yeah, they're definitely a surprise. Uh Marlins are supposed to be in a big rebuild right now, trading away basically their entire team. Ozuna, Yelich, um, Stanton, uh everybody. D Gordon. Um, but that's really cool for them. They might get a playoff spot. But it's a really good race, honestly. Uh three teams above five hundred. Uh, we'll bump down to the NL Central. Cubs 31 and 21 atop. Cardinals 26 and 24, four games back. Brewers 26 and 26, five games back. Reds 27 and 27, five games back. And Pirates, obviously, we don't even have to mention 15 and 38, bottom of the division. Um, surprise here. Brewers. Brewers, what are you doing? Brewers. That's supposed to be 26 and 26. That's not you. You were, you were, uh, uh, Clear playoff contender last year. You had it. You have Christian Yelich. You have, uh, shoot, bro. Like that's kind of like it. Now that I'm thinking about it, but Brock Holt. Nah, I'm <laughs> no, he's on the Nationals. Um. Oh yeah, that's right. He got traded. No, he was uh, released. Yeah. He was released. Oh. Uh, um. But 
I'm I am surprised by that. I'm also surprised that the Cardinals, twenty six and twenty four, like go good for you. That's like pretty good. And um, the Reds, honestly, the Reds being at five hundred, and this is this is a really fun division here because you have two teams making it, and you have the Cubs, and then it's four games to second, but then you have one game separating three teams in the Cardinals, Brewers, and Reds. So, and I think one of those teams might snag a wild card spot here, too. Um, Alex, any any thoughts on this division here? Um, yeah, no, this is definitely the most. Uh, fun division coming down the stretch as we uh, are heading into the last week of the uh, shortened season. Um, the Brewers, I agree with you, should not be 26-26. Uh, they were they went from, like you said, a postseason threat last year to go deep in the postseason from now to 26-26 in fourth place. Uh, the Pirates are in full rebuild mode. Not surprised they have the worst record in the MLB. Um, I'm not surprised the Cubs are ahead at the top of the division. Uh, they're always a strong team. I think they will be for a while. And the Cincinnati Reds, I'm, uh, good for you, 27-27, uh, in the position to make the postseason potentially. So um, I- I'm happy for them. Yeah, and now we'll quickly hop over the NL West and we'll quickly then wrap up this segment. Dodgers 38-16, and 16, Padres in second, 33-20, and 20, four and a half back. Giants in third, 25-26, 11 half back. Rockies 23 29. And then Diamondbacks 20 and 34. Uh, Tyler, pop over to you. Any surprises here in the NLS? Um, Dodgers. Dodgers are surprised you and that they're not doing well enough, that they're there. What? I, I just feel. What's their record right now? Their record is. 38 and 16. That's a winning percentage of uh, 704. That's the best record in the MLB, by the way. Best record in the MLB. Uh, Dodgers, now that I think about it, aren't really out of a surprise. Uh, Rockies, they had like a 13 and 2 record to start off the season. And now, what's their record currently? Their record is currently 23 and 29, six games under 500, 14 back of NL. Statement has been made. They suck. I am fed up with them. I had them going to the World Series beating the Yankees. You know what, Alex? I called you out about Kawhi. Chew my head off about the Rockies. It's it's not Let me hear it's it. not even that. They're not horrible. Yes, making that statement about any team is very questionable, especially that early on. Um but it's not even that it's a horrible team and it's funny like now you're like I'm fed up with them, but like dude The Rockets like, are a good team. They have good pieces, you know, good. they have Charlie they, Blackman, Nolan Arenado, David Dahl, they, they were, Trevor Story. They remind, yeah. They remind me of a um uh, and I'm not gonna talk much about this, but they remind me of a NFL Version of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they do. Um, Excuse me. So, uh oh, that got a reaction out of time. No, 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 And we're back on Hoops and Dingers. Tyler and I just solved our issues off podcast. Um, too bad you guys didn't 
hear it. It was pretty brutal, but we won't get into it. Um, but we are what we are gonna get into never is never talk about another man's team like is, that. We're gonna get into is Tyler's take. Um. Oh, so, this is fun. So, fun for me. Okay. So the take today, all you guys heard earlier, was... Hold on, can I say it, please? Because I have okay, a valuable lesson. So I learned this from a wise man that once I knew named Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> okay. He, he taught me to be confident in yourself. So I'm confident in my take this week. And my take this week, ladies and gentlemen, is that not the GOAT, Michael Jordan is the GOAT, but my take this week is that LeBron James got snubbed of the MVP award. Okay, so you guys heard it here, LeBron James snubbed of MVP award. And I'll tell you why. Tell me, enlighten us. All right, let's be enlightened in the future. Yeah. So, he got snubbed because he played his heart out this season, okay? I feel like this league is giving Giannis everything. They're literally, like, putting him on a pedestal. Okay. You know? Elaborate. He's not... He's not as good as LeBron. You know? I've been saying all along that LeBron is not better than Jordan, but LeBron deserves this MVP more than Giannis. I mean, he passed one of my idols, rest in peace. He passed Kobe in all-time points. You know, he got the Lakers to be the one seed and get them to the playoffs, which how long has it been since the Lakers have been in the playoffs? Since, what, 2011, nine years, something like that? It's been a while. It's been a while for sure. You know... I definitely just think – and also, he led the league in assists this year too. So I think overall, LeBron just got snubbed. And like Mr. Miyagi said, be confident okay. in yourself. Okay, so Tyler, you can be confident in that. And I'm going to be confident in this. He did not get snubbed. Um, just be – oh, Tyler's falling over on the Zoom meeting in disbelief. Just because you passed Kobe Bryant and all-time – what was it? All-time points, points. doesn't make you the MVP. Okay, Giannis averaged 29.5 points. He averaged 5.6 assists and total rebounds 13.6 with a steal per game and a block per game. Uh, LeBron was lower than him in points, um, lower in rebounds. Yes, he had him on assists with 10.2. LeBron averaged 10.2 assists, 7.8 rebounds, um, a half a block a game and one steal per game. And... uh, I, I forgot to say one more points. reason. One more reason. Okay. Then I'll, then I'll. The last reason I forgot to say is uh, LeBron hasn't choked oh in the playoffs yet this year, has he? Yeah, but this is a regular season MVP award. Not, not. Thank you. True, but Thank I feel like in the you. future, also in the future, no. they should like. No, no, no. They give out the MVP no. in that, the playoffs. That's what it is. It's for the finals. They give it out during they, the playoffs. Yeah, they, so do the final, they do the finals MVP. No, nobody, if you did playoff MVP, that'd be. Uh, they do do it. In, the only sport they do it in is baseball, and they give it in uh, for the ALCS, NLCS, um, and then they give one for the World Series separately. But okay, all I'm saying is that LeBron no. got snubbed. You disagree? I'm disagree I'm fine too. With that, Alex I'll disagree Green. too. I didn't uh, get to finish, Tyler. I didn't get to finish. Oh, I, I think. Yeah. This is like I, my first take. 
my first take about I Tatum. Think, was it last week and the week before we both of us agreed with Tyler's take, which was very rare. Very rare. Uh, but no, this week it's not the same. Uh, I disagree. Uh, yeah. John hit the nail on the head. Uh, Giannis had yeah. better stats than LeBron in some categories, not all. And Tyler, you said that uh, LeBron, while LeBron did pass Kobe on all-time point lists, he did that in the playoffs, not the regular season. So, no, he didn't. He did it in the regular even, season. Even even if you do it in the regular season, that doesn't. He did it against the Sixers. He uh he did it the night before Kobe died. Literally the night before Kobe. Yeah. Died. yeah. Wow. Think yeah. about that. Just because you pass somebody in scoring doesn't make you the MVP. Also, exactly. you said that he led the Lakers to the one seed. Giannis led the Bucks to the one seed. Um. So. Uh, LeBron yes. had Anthony Davis on his team as well. Yeah. Giannis so it wasn't just LeBron. Chris Middleton. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I get it. Can we just move oh, on to the next segment, so, please? Because I got my head ripped off. In the last segment, he was so excited for Tyler's take, and now he quickly – it only lasted five minutes. Now he wants to do something else. All right, we're going to move into underrated, overrated, perfectly rated. Uh, we're going to hit up Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from Toronto. Boy. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays. This was courtesy of Tyler Sumner. Uh, this idea. So I'm hey, going to allow you hey, to start up hey. with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Go ahead. Yeah, Tyler, go ahead. Oh, well, John, I'd be honored if you start with Vladdy because, uh, you know, you kind of went off on me on Tyler's take, so I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Okay, I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is very overrated. With a capital, <laughs> with a capital very. Um, you, we, discussed this, we discussed this prior to the show. You knew... My answer. Uh, I knew your answer, but I oh, thought it was no, going to change. change. Um, a 237 bat, a 242 batting average isn't going to change my mind on that. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has a dad. Fantastic. Hall of Famer. Fantastic. Yep. Comes in the league with a lot of hype. Get Makes sense. His dad was great. Hasn't lived up to it. Hasn't. He hit, uh, 272 is not bad. Okay. That's not bad average with 15 homers. <laughs> Yeah, in the amount of games, in 123 games, I guess. Even though he hit more in one night than the whole season last year. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he definitely had a great performance in the Home Run Derby. Doesn't make him a good player in the league. He doesn't really hit for average. Um, he's hitting 242 with seven homers, 25 RBIs this year. Um, he was sixth in Rookie of the Year voting in 2019. Um which is, like, mm-hmm. fine, but when you're Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, you should definitely be one. So I think that he's um, definitely overrated for me. I think he's a good player, but he's just not as good as everyone thinks he is, um, especially Tyler. I think Tyler just really likes him because of the home run derby that he did. And he, phenomenal performance. Phenomenal performance. But he did lose, which was um, cool. Um, so he definitely had a phenomenal performance. All right, sleeves are coming but up for this one. He's in my mind overrated. Yeah, you can have a dad that's good. Doesn't mean you're good. Yeah. All right, all right. Can I talk about this one? That's more? why I wanted you to start because I know Alex. I both. Agree. All right. Well, I wanted to hear what you say just so I can get a hype. All right. To me, he's underrated. Underrated. And I'm going to tell you why. Don't jump the gun. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, he has a big name dad. But he also came into the league in the middle of the season last year. 
Okay, I think he's still got a lot to prove. He's on a Blue Jays team that isn't too talented. Pretty darn good. I think he's gonna third in the AL East. I'm pretty sure, right? Or second, even maybe. I don't know. The Yankees are gonna win. Okay, yes, but like I said, he is underrated, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because I feel like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be just like his dad. See, that's. His swing, his swing is just like his dad, okay? And I'm going to tell you this, and you may not know this, but, all, but before he came to this league and still now, he's getting batting lessons from one of the all-time greats in David Ortiz. I mean, you're getting lessons from a guy who practically held you in his arms when he was a baby. So I'm telling you, Vladdy is not going to choke. Is not going to be a joke. Vladdy's going to give everybody the smoke bars. Um, he's underrated. Okay, Alex. Underrated. Um, I really want to say so much more, but you haven't spoken yet on this segment, so I'm going to send it over to you. Alex, go ahead and uh, give us what you think. Tyler, uh, oh, by the way, before I get into my take, uh, the Padres, if they win, the Padres are playing right now, if they w- against the Mariners, if they win that game, they, are, they will clinch a playoff berth. Uh, they are winning five to four in the top of the eleventh right now. So okay. the Padres are, and they are in what division? The NL West. Uh, I know, and they're in. They're second right now, right but now, they right? would clinch if they won tonight. So they'd get wild. No, they clinch. The, but they clinch the probably the second spot, second spot in the NL West. Um, yeah, but going back to, I feel like the Padres are a threat. Going back to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um, he's underrated. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm going to say he's overrated. Overrated. I'm sorry. Okay. Overrated. Okay. Overrated. Oh, Tyler was overrated. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I missed that. Damn it. I did this earlier when we were discussing the episode uh, before we uh, started recording. But you did, yeah. um, no, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Has not ha- is not having a good year. Uh, he's only batting 237, uh, 194 at bats. He's had 36 strikeouts, only seven home runs, and 25 RBIs. Uh, for comparison, both Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. both have a higher average and higher home runs, as well as more RBIs than Vlad Guerrero Jr. has. Uh, All right, can I Hernandez and Gurriel Jr. have 30, and then Vlad Guerrero Jr. has uh, 25. Yes, Tyler, go ahead. What is your question? Is this even perfectly rated, underrated, or overrated? Is, or, is this all just a segment where Alex and John take a huge crap on Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? It's Today underrated. It no, we're doing it based off stats. This is what it was. Yeah, we're doing it. Oh, we're looking at stats. I know, I know. I'm just kidding, boy. He has thirty. You know, he has thirty six strikeouts and 194 at bats. And I did the mathy. He was striking out. Uh, Ooh, Alex getting fancy. Eighteen. Eighteen percent okay. of his uh, at bats are strikeouts. Yeah. No. Eighteen percent. Tyler, I, I liked. I liked what you said when your your first opening statement for Vladdy um, was. You know, Vladdy's got a great dad, like with his like thing, and you were like, he's gonna be just like him. See, that's where that's people where are wrong. Really comes from yeah. because he's sure he's a good player, but if he wasn't a Guerrero, if he wasn't a Vladdy Jr., he wouldn't be getting all this hype. I wouldn't be saying he's overrated. I would be saying probably he's perfectly rated because those numbers they can't be underrated. Those numbers he's got to live up to the hype. Yeah, see, that's why he's overrated because he has so much hype around him, and because he had that one good performance right, in the you know what? Derby. I've reflected on it. I've reflected on it. You've changed my mind. Oh, whoa! What are you now? He's overrated. 
Yay, we got him on Welcome our side, John. Club. He joined he yeah, joined the dark side, John. He joined the dark yeah, side. He joined the light side. I said he joined, he joined the, the dark side. side. Don't, don't make us bad guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. But you know what? Next week, I'm going to say next week's player, folks, you're in for a treat. Because next week's player, I'm just going to give him right now. We're going to do Devin Booker next week. Ooh. Okay. I like that. I like okay. that, too. You better write that down before you forget it. Stay tuned. And Stay tuned for that next week, folks. I won't forget. I won't forget. And John, let me ask you: Do you want to just wrap it up? Yeah, that's what I was about to do. <laughs> All right, folks. That has been a great episode of Hoops and Dingers. I'm sorry if it was a little bit longer than usual, but thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you next week. You already have a little bit of sneak peek. Be uh, talking about Devin Booker. You know that at least. So if you're a big Booker fan, tune in. I'm John Shangelo. Thank you all. Thank you, See guys. See you guys next time. I uh, hope you guys See enjoyed. Ya. Peace out. Peace out.